Hi everyone, you're here with the second season of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here with my co-host, Liza and Casey. Hello everyone. And today we have the absolute pleasure of hosting Zoe Share. She is the CEO and founder of Schmooze Media and also a new author, but we'll get to that later. So Zoe, thank you so much for joining us virtually today. Thanks for having me. So let's start off with Schmooze Media. How did you start um, your marketing agency? So I started Schmooze almost six years ago now, which is insane. And um, I'll age myself. I was 25 when I started and I had just graduated from a master's in business, entrepreneurship and technology at the University of Waterloo. And before that, I was a kindergarten teacher. So I, I went to my business program thinking, I'll start a tutoring company. Uh, and by the end of the year, I realized that marketing for me was the intersection of business and, and education. And I fell in love with helping brands uh, communicate clearly uh, what their purpose was alongside helping them to gain traction from a profit point of view. And and that was the beginning of Schmooze. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And you say you started it six years ago. And how has the whole marketing and, and digital ecosystem kind of changed since then? It's changed a lot. I I had the experience over and over again when I started, not only because I was a 25-year-old woman who had never gone to business, like it was, I was a fresh grad and, you know, just believed, oh, I'll start a company. A lot of people said, oh, that's so cute. That's so cute that you're starting a, a social media marketing agency. And those same people who used to say that are now saying, oh my God, please help me pivot my company and use social media to talk to my audience. It, it's, it's really a shift in the last six years of understanding the importance of social relationship building using uh, tech. And, 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 and it's becoming more and more obvious how important it is uh, since, since COVID, but but a lot of people just thought it was it was cute and that there wasn't much to it. But we we all know that there is a lot to it. And and in the past six years, m- more and more has been developed to to show how important it is to a customer's journey with the brand. Yeah, I can't even imagine existing. I think without social media, like having a company exist without it. And I remember almost fifteen years ago, <laughs> I had a friend who was working as a social media. Um, intern. And I was like, what does that even mean? And now uh, it's necessary. You can't live without it. And can you talk about um, helping your customers right now put out the right message during COVID and um, everything else that's going on? I mean, that's a really big, important question. And I have a few things to say before I answer it. One, I am a privileged white woman meaning that my husband has a great job. And as an entrepreneur, I am able to take more risks than, than other people. So pivoting in COVID, um, I had to do it and I had to help customers through it. But I am in a position where if I fail, it's, it's a little bit more okay than other people failing right now. So I have to say that. Um, and also in terms of what's happening with Black Lives Matter, which it's really a systemic change that's needed. I just, I can't speak to this and tell you that I'm going to say all the right things. I already probably have flubbed saying something in this last blurb of me preemptively answering your question. But um, what I've really tried to do is help people go back to, and this is what Schmooze did beforehand. um, So we were well positioned to help people is really explore and rediscover what their core values are 
and use those core values as a guidepost to every single piece of content that goes out. So it's not about suddenly changing what you believe in to fit a trend. It's not about scrambling to, you know, ask people for money all the time or to donate to the perfect place. It's about producing value um, in a way that's, that you can feel good about in five years from now. Uh, and this is opening a whole can of worms uh, from the COVID point of view. I've had people say to me, you know, if I don't ask for the sale or I don't, if I don't focus on asking for profit, then I'm not going to be able to survive this. And I say, yeah, but why would someone pay you if you're not adding value? And similarly, when people are talking to me about about um, the last couple of weeks, you know, I've had people say to me, if I if I turn off my social media for a week, I will. I I want to do that to make room for for people of color and. Um, but if I do that and I, I pause my ads for the week, I might have to lay off three people. And I'm like, well, hold on. Let's discuss what that means and let's discuss your feelings around that. And it's it's really complicated and every business is going to be different. That was a really long answer, but... No, but it was a great one. I'm glad that companies are open to discussing what their values are because I think a lot of companies actually, especially new startups, forget to write down those values. It's, it's startups, but it's also companies who have been around for a long, long time. We have multi-generational businesses in, in our, in our uh, agency that we represent. And they're saying, and, and this is language that I've, I've worked on teaching them, but okay, we have our five core values. Typically, our content means that we um, are sort of 20% trying to embody core value number one, 20% of our content embodies con- uh, core value number two, et cetera, et cetera. And now they're saying, okay, those four core values are just not as important right now. Thank God we have them as a guidepost. We're going to lean into our core value number five seven, with 70% of our content. So it really gives my my clients and my community a, a guidepost of how to change their content strategy when you're able to look back to why you started the business in the first place, what value you want to add, and what you're going to be proud of in 10 years from now, because you're creating a legacy in every action you take, right? So, No, that's great. I, I think that's a really good idea to use your values as a guide when you're creating the content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really amazing. And uh, so for anybody listening out there that wants to use social media to actually make some social change, what kind of tips do you have that they can they can kind of amplify their voice? What can they do to 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 make sure that they're using it in the best way possible? Well, I think that there's the typical things that a lot of social media people would say is don't have every single one of your posts be self-serving and ask yourself what is self-serving and and, tr- and truly adding value to people other than yourself. Um, so, you know, a general rule of thumb to me would be, you know, for every five posts, only one of them should be blatantly self-serving. And then if you can really say, I am adding value to my ideal audience, number one, and that value doesn't have to do with teaching people about your product or service, but actually solving a problem that they have outside of what your company or product or service does, then, so I think that's a really perfect segue to uh, talking about 
my book, ABC Stay Home With Me, that wasn't about telling people, look at schmooze, hire schmooze as an agency. It was about, I needed to do something. I knew that my daughter was going to one day ask questions about what happened during this time. And I am first and foremost, a kindergarten teacher. And I wrote a book, an ABC book, uh, co-authored with Gabriella Rakoff. And that content added value to so many children and started so many positive conversations. It wasn't, it wasn't about tooting my horn. It was about adding value. Yeah. I, I love that. It's a really like great piece of content too. And it's really cool what you guys created. How did both of you go about actually co-authoring and designing this book? Great question. And I, I'm going to give a ton of credit to Gabriella because she is just like the, she has such a refined palette to look at artwork and design. She's, she's just incredible. Um, I've actually hired her as a consultant at Schmooze because I'm so obsessed with her. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically we were both working, uh, volunteering with the home front, which is, which is a, an organization backed by, uh, the, the Upside Foundation, um, Jen Coultry, who's the executive director there. And so I was the head of, I am the head of marketing and comms for the home front. And Gabriella was, uh, or is the um, content coordinator, um, making sure all the content is is following the vision and, 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 and embodying our values at the home front. And we were just chatting of like, oh God, what book are you going to read? Like, what books are you reading to? We both have two-year-olds. Sorry, we both have two-year-olds. So or what are you going to read to Quentin tonight? Oh, what are you, what did you read? To, what are you reading to Sabrina? Any recommendations of what we should order? Um, a lot of conversation about Sandra Boynton and the belly button book. Because um, that's a, a great book if you haven't read it, whether you're a child or an adult, the belly button book is a good one. Um, and it was like, hey, I wonder, like, there's nothing really, like, how can we talk about this pandemic stuff with, with Quentin and Sabrina? And, and Gabriella knew that I have, like, notebooks full of children book, children's books ideas. And she was like, I have an idea. And I was like, oh, my, I have an idea. And basically that night we wrote it um, in a Google Doc. And, and then it was a matter of really the logistics of, it's going to take one illustrator way too long to illustrate this. This is a very timely thing. And Gabriella had the idea that we do a different illustrator for each, for every two rhyming couplets, which is AB is, a, is two rhyming couplets. CD is two rhyming couplets. Um, we put together a list of Canadian illustrators and asked them if they would volunteer to do this with us. Cause all of the funds, all the proceeds have gone to the home front. Um, which is incredible. We've raised quite a lot of money. Um, and then we got 13 Canadian illustrators doing two pages each and we gave them the same color palette. So it was eight colors that they were to use and we gave them what the letter stood for. And that was it. That was the entire instruction. Um, and what we got back every time an illustrator would email us with their, with their draft of, of what they were doing for, you know, the letter A and B, we were like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. How did this happen? <laughs> like, and so it's been a, just such a delight to do and, and such a delight to see the pictures of children reading it with their families. Um, and then Sabrina, my daughter, looks at 
at the pictures on Instagram with me and she'll be like, mommy, book. <laughs> and that's, that's enough. That's enough to prove that it's worth it. And then we've raised money and then we've reached more kids. But the fact that Sabrina knows that mommy did something, um, oh, that's, that's, that's all I need. <laughs> Definitely. And can you talk a bit about how, like, how do you advertise? How is that um, advertising a book, um, especially a charitable initiative versus a media agency? What sort of different tactics did you apply there? So we really um, didn't know what was going to happen with ABC Stay Home With Me. We were like, we're going to print. We got two print houses to give um, 500. They, they, found, they donated 500 copies of the book each. Um, so that was incredible. So we were like, okay. Sell a thousand. That's the goal. And we set the price knowing that if a thousand were sold, we'd raise this much money. And then that was all it was. That was good enough. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't. And then, and then Indigo picked us up. Um, and that was really like all these different things that have happened as a result was really just the kindness of people who saw Gabriella and my LinkedIn and Facebook posts. Like it, it wasn't a huge push to be honest, we, we did email a couple of people that we knew who, who have publications, but Gabriella and I are both marketing and PR people, and we have people in our network um, who, who helped, and it, it happened very organically, to be honest. So I, I feel so fortunate about that. And yeah, it's it's been really really amazing. My my next my next door neighbor, who we were like chatting over the fence, uh, the social distance, was like, "Oh, um, I'm going to buy 150 of them um, and then donate them to this children's organization." And I was like, "What?" Like, uh, I didn't ask him to do that. I was completely shocked, um, and it, it was the most beautiful thing uh, to be able to come together with a neighbor. Yeah, I love that. That's yeah, so great. That is, that is really great. Um, to kind of change the topics a little bit, Sam and I, we, we used to run a digital agency and we found a really big problem speaking with clients, especially when they didn't know what was involved in it, was the devaluation of, of work. How, how do you go about like making sure that the client knows exactly the value that you're bringing to them? This is, the, I think every agency has this problem. Um, especially when you're like, they're like, what's the return on investment for social media? And you're like, oh God. Um, what I've really tried to do is focus on positioning Schmooze as um, not an acquisition agency. So I made the decision about a year and a half ago to say, if we get a new inquiry that's really leaning toward like cost per click and acquisition, they're not for us and we'll refer them out to somebody else. And the reason I did that was because what I care about, my values are about like the relationship uh, beyond that first acquisition. So I'm more interested in metrics about retention, referral, and repeat sales. And if a client doesn't understand how employee retention and relationship building um, in person and through virtual tools as well, um, if they don't understand that retention of employees means that they're going to save a lot of money in the long run, then they're not the client for me. If they don't understand that keeping your existing community happy. Um, so that's anyway, so that's, that's the value I talk about instead of talking about um, a cost per click or cost per form filled out, because 
so we basically we I've changed our KPI reports completely to help under to help our clients understand the value that they're getting, and that some of the value they're getting is anecdotal as opposed to just a number. Um, so yes, we show them the numbers. Yes, we want to see the numbers going up. Um, but then it's like, why does it matter that the numbers have gone up? That's that's the question that I want to answer in every KPI report. Um, it's it's a lot of, and that's why I say like marketing is where education and business needs. People don't understand that marketing is not, it's a sales support. It's not the sale. And it's about connecting with people, especially when it's called social media. It's social media, not not um, social selling media. It must actually be social. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the way I, I, I sort of live and breathe. And and if they don't see value in what we're doing, I don't work with them. <laughs> oh, that, that, that makes perfect sense. Thank you. Yeah, choosing the right client um, for you instead of just saying yes, I think, to everyone is also a big part of how your agency um, will be successful. Yeah, and I didn't have the confidence to do that when I started at 25, right? Like, who was I, this, this kindergarten teacher turned agency owner? Like, who the heck was I to, to, to say no to people? But now I realize that it's not saying no. It's saying you have a better fit somewhere else. There's somebody else who has that zone of genius and it's not mine. This is, this is what we do. This is what I feel really confident about. And I'm going to own that. And what I care about is creating value and creating value means more than asking for a sale. And if you don't believe that, that's totally fine, but you're not my people. So here's someone who could be your person. Like there's, there's enough room for everyone to be successful. Um, if we, if we're able to understand what we stand for and then represent it in everything we do. 100%. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Learning to say no is super important. And especially since you would be doing the client an injustice as well. Can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? Um, not on my LinkedIn page. It's on my personal page on the, of the website. I'm obsessed with candy. Um, I, I I love jumbo sour keys. My husband basically buys a tub of jumbo jumbo sour keys from Costco every like I would like to say every six months, but really it's every three months. So like quarterly, I go through a tub of jumbo sour keys, and I don't drink caffeine. But jumbo sour keys are my they are my, they are my treasure. They are my <clears throat> they are my guilty pleasure. All right. Well, Zoe, thank you so, so much. It was a real pleasure speaking with you. Um, congrats again to you and Gabriella for publishing um, your book, ABC, Go, um, Stay Home With Me. Super exciting that you guys put that project out and so fast. So congrats on accomplishing that. Thank you so much, you guys. It's so fun talking to you. And I, I can't wait for this to be released. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city. Until next time.